Is there something wrong? Warning. Live support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. To go where too few have gone before. A production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net oh, and empoweredmanifestation.com as well. And that's where my book on manifestation can be bought. And you can also find me on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 20th of March, 2021, and the title of today's show, slightly different from usual, this week's episode of the Biden farce and other weird happenings. <laughs> it's been a crazy week. It really is getting crazier and crazier, and I'm sure it's being done deliberately just to make people stand back and say, whoa, there's something weird happening here, and this is not normal. So I want to start by uh, just reading uh, a recap of the week. It's quite humorous, actually. And it was uh, put out on Telegram. And unfortunately, I didn't make a note of who 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 actually posted this. So apologies for that. Um, it says, so to recap the week thus far, Vice President Biden's admin lied about taxes, watched good manufacturing jobs flee to Mexico, allowed the US border to become an even larger sieve, placed more kids than ever in cages, screwed up a green screen effort to make believe he was talking to reporters, was publicly mocked by Russia and then grunted the cameras. Did I miss anything? <laughs> And I thought I would use that as kind of the uh, the subject list for today. And I'm going to go into quite a bit of detail with some of these, but um, some of the ones mentioned I'm not going to delve into. So the, the lying about taxes was about there wouldn't be any increased taxes unless you earned 400,000 or more. Well, that's now dropped to half that, 200,000. Apparently, Ford is moving um, thousands of jobs to Mexico from, um, I think it's Ohio, actually. But anyway, moving these jobs out of the U.S., which, um, you know, is going completely in the opposite direction to what Trump worked and achieved. Um, there's also this border crisis. I am going to cover a little bit more of that. Um, and of course, they've changed the narrative of kids in cages. It's now a migrant uh, facility. Um, so the usual changing of the narrative. And I'm going to go into this uh, green screen thing with Biden. Um, there's some debate as to whether it's green screen or CGI or a combination of both. And also the Russia and China situation. So I think we're in for a wild ride I'm actually going to start with something that wasn't mentioned in that recap. And this is all about Biden tripping on his way up the steps of Air Force One. Really bizarre. Um, the first article I'm covering is by Trending Politics. And the title of that is Watch Biden Climbs the Stairs to Air Force One and Falls Repeatedly. President Joe Biden has taken a series of nasty falls while climbing the stairs to Air Force One. And it's got a video showing him trying to jog up these stairs, run up the stairs and, and tripping literally three times. The 78-year-old Biden had to cling to the guardrail to keep from falling completely each time. Biden just fell going up the steps to Air Force One. That's a tweet by Caleb Hull. Here is another view in case fact checkers say it was CGI and bad camera angles. Just in, Biden stumbles while walking up the stairs to Air Force One. Um, and that's, uh, in fact, there's two tweets by Disclose.tv, um, two videos from different angles. He fell a total of three times. 
Joe Biden just fell three times in a row trying to go up the stairs of Air, to Air Force One. That's Caleb Hull. All of the soldiers and dignitaries stood and merely watched as the president struggled to make it up the stairs, which was pretty surprising because you'd think if the president of the United States is falling on his way up up the steps and in danger of injuring himself, you would think that the uh, the people at the bottom would actually do something to try and help. But again, this is just weirdness. Biden once mocked Trump and boasted he could climb up ramps better than the former president. And this is a tweet from Curtis Houck, or Hook, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Flashback, Biden mocks Trump's ramp walk at West Point and claims he's stronger. Look at how he steps and look at how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps. Come on. Apparently not. Some pointed out how the press treated President Trump with scorn for even grabbing the handrail. Anthony Brian Logan tweets, I remember the media calling Trump frail for gingerly walking down a slick ramp with no handrail to prevent from falling. Biden completely fell on the stairs here and the media will probably ignore it. And cast aspersions about Donald Trump's health when he slightly slipped on a metal ramp. Tim Young tweeted, since Biden fell three times on a staircase today, now's a good time to remind you that Trump slipped on a slippery metal ramp and leftist media ran with stories that he was dying and was having mini strokes. President Biden fell repeatedly on the stairs, no ice in sight, and the mainstream media will likely only mention the event to wish him well. It appears that Biden was on his way to Atlanta. It was a planned stop on his roadshow to sell the COVID-19 package that was already passed. Jordan Fabian. President Biden appeared to stumble and fall walking up the stairs of Air Force One. He quickly got back up and walked onto the plane. Next stop, Atlanta. It's one of the events that made Biden too busy to debate Russian President Vladimir Putin. Just yesterday, the Russian president wished Biden good health. The Putin curse? New. This is from Disclosed TV on Twitter. I wish you good health. Putin responds to Biden after the US president called the Russian president a killer. I've got more on that later. There is no word yet if the falls affected the president's health. The only thing that appears to be broken is his presidency. And the interesting thing is, if you watch the video, the third time he falls, and, you know, the belief is, or the one of the thoughts is, I should say, is that this isn't Biden at all because he looks different and it's actually an actor. And an actor can do a really good... <laughs> fall probably um but you can see his left leg coming across in front of him and it's like he deliberately tripped himself with his left leg just watch it and you'll see and of course this has created an absolute avalanche of memes and you know the common one is uh, is of stair stair force one showing you know one of these stair lifts and uh, there was another one of uh, Trump playing golf and switching to a golf ball hitting Biden in the back of the head. That was a very clever one. Um, and another one <laughs> of um, Keck the Green Frog tripping him up. <laughs> it was hilarious. Anyway, um, just to uh, finish this one, uh, then the White House responded to this and this is daily wire white house blames wind after biden stumbles i don't think they mean you know farts or anything <laughs> although you never know falls while boarding air force one staffer i almost fell coming up the steps myself after President Joe Biden repeatedly fell while walking up the stairs to Air Force One on Friday afternoon, White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre suggested that the wind was responsible for the president's mishap. It's pretty windy outside, White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters aboard Air Force One after the incident, reports the New York Times. It's very windy. I almost fell coming up the steps myself. He is doing 100% fine. 
and it's got the Daily Caller. President Biden stumbles while walking up the stairs to Air Force One. So, you know, a repeat of the videos that I was covering uh, from the last article. The incident occurred shortly before Biden departed Joint Base Andrews for Atlanta, where he and Vice President Kamala Harris will meet with leaders in the Asian American community. After Biden boarded the plane, White House Communications Director Kate Benningfield said on Twitter that the incident was nothing to worry about. I have known folks have seen that President Biden slipped on his way up the stairs to Air Force One, but I'm happy to report that he is just fine and did not even require any attention from the medical team who travels with him. Nothing more than a misstep on the stairs. Biden, 78, faced questions about his physical fitness for office while on the 2020 campaign trail, at a time when he was still vying to become the oldest president of the United States elect ever elected. In one specific interview, Biden poked at then-President Donald Trump following a viral video that sh showed him walking down a ramp slowly. If you win and you're sworn in, and you've had this question 40 times, but you will be the oldest president in US history. Some people might suggest, the Trump campaign ads have suggested, you've lost a step or two. What's your response to that? A reporter asked Biden. Look at how he steps and look how I step. Watch how I run up ramps and he stumbles down ramps. OK, come on, remarked Biden. It's a legitimate question to ask. Legitimate question to ask of both of us. Thank God my health is good, but I'm a great respecter of fate. I realise that anything can happen to anybody at any age, any time. But I promise you I would not be running unless I was in very good health. I work out every morning and I'm in relatively good shape. As my mother would say, knock on wood. And then it shows um, screenshots of the tweets by Johnny Verhovec and that response from Biden. So interesting <laughs> that this should happen. It seems that it's been a week of humiliations for Biden. And as you know, we've been I've been saying, you know, this isn't the real Biden. There's no way it is. So I do believe it's being done deliberately just to wake more people up to the farce that this uh, so-called presidential administration really is. So that article mentioned Putin and there's some interesting um, news about Biden's exchange with Putin and also about this meeting with China. So this is resistthemainstream.org. Watch Biden responds to Putin's live debate challenge meeting with China. President Joe Biden on Friday offered quick responses on the meeting with Chinese diplomats as well as Russian President Vladimir Putin's live debate challenge. Putin responded to Biden's killer remarks by challenging him. I've just thought of this now, Putin told a Russian state-run TV outlet Thursday. I want to propose to President Biden to continue our discussion, but on the condition that we do it basically live, as it's called, without any delays and directly in an open, direct discussion. When asked about the challenge, Biden said, I'm sure we'll talk at some point. Biden's remarks came after White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said on Thursday that, that the president already had a conversation with President Putin, even as there are more world leaders that he is not yet engaged with. She added Biden will be visiting Georgia Friday and is quite busy. Biden also said he's proud of Secretary of State Tony Blinken after the top diplomat sat through an American an anti-American tirade from Chinese officials at a summit in Alaska. I'm very proud of the Secretary of State, Biden told reporters on the White House lawn after the unexpected lashing Thursday from communist diplomats who mocked Biden's claim to be operating from a position of strength to Blinken's face on US soil. The shocking attack on the United States from China contrasted with familiar US criticism of China, including on human rights in Hong Kong and Xinjiang. Chinese diplomat Yang Yeki lectured Blinken and White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on what he said was US hypocrisy. 
the United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength, Yang said through a translator at the summit in Anchorage. Many people within the United States actually have little confidence in the democracy of the United States, said Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi. We believe that it is important for the United States to change its own image and to stop advancing its own democracy in the rest of the world. Sullivan twice attempted to promote what he called the secret source of US democracy, including an ability to look hard at its own shortcomings. The other secret source of America is that our people are a problem-solving people and we believe we solve problems best when we work together with allies and partners around the world, Sullivan said. So Biden's administration is actually becoming the laughing stock of the world. Um, more on this China meeting. The Gateway Pundit uh, put an article out yesterday. The US does not have the qualification to speak to China from a position of strength. China's top diplomat humiliates Biden's team on American soil. Biden's team was humiliated by China's envoy on the world stage on American soil. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with China's top diplomat Yang Yeki and State Councillor Wang Yi in Anchorage, Alaska on Thursday. Blinken's meeting with China's top diplomat quickly went south on Thursday evening. Each delegation had two minutes for opening statements by each principal. Blinken opened the conversation with a public rebuke of China's cyber attacks and aggression in the region. We will discuss our deep concerns with actions by China, including in Xinjiang, Hong Kong, Taiwan, cyber attacks on the United States, economic coercion of our allies, Blinken said in a public rebuke according to Reuters. Each of these actions threaten the rule-based, rules-based order, whatever that is, that maintains global stability, Blinken said. China's delegation violated the two-minute protocol and went on a 20-minute tirade, lecturing Blinken and Sullivan. In talking points that mirror the Democrat Party, the Chinese diplomat blasted the US for poor treatment of blacks, and told Blinken the US should handle its own affairs and China its own. Then Yang dropped this gem. The United States does not have the qualification to say that it wants to speak to China from a position of strength, Yang said right to Blinken's face. Blinken and Sullivan sat there like a couple of stunned amateurs and took the lashing. And it's got a video of that exchange. And also there was a comment about uh, one of the people there from the US, I don't know who it was, that, that had purple hair. And it's just these little things that are kind of poking fun at the whole Biden administration. It's just bizarre. It really is. And I am sure that it... It reminds me of a Monty Python movie, actually, what we're watching. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, I am enjoying the show. Now, the other thing that's gone viral this week is this Biden CGI or green screen situation. And here's a, an article again from Gateway Pundit. Going viral... Biden glitchy video with reporters has people spooked with chopped head and hand tricks. The internet was abuzz last night and this morning after video of Joe Biden talking to reporters appears to show his hand moving over a microphone and the top of his head cropped off. This was published March 17th. Joe Biden's hand passes right through the microphone. This was an unusual camera trick that caught some eyeballs. Uh, there's a, a tweet from Inside a Paper. Many on Twitter are saying that this video of Biden where he talks about southern US border is doctored as his hand appears to pass the microphone on the 10 second mark and it shows the video. And another tweet from Will. What exactly is going on here? Biden's hand literally passes through the microphone. Can anyone explain? And then... What a talent. Will, again, what exactly is going on here? Biden's hand literally passes through the microphone. Can anyone explain? This really was bizarre. 
Jason's House of Crypto tweets, So are the microphones added on later or is Biden in a green screen studio or is he a hologram? Certainly something odd with this video. His hand clearly moves in front of the mics. And it's got a tweet from The Hill. Reporter, do you have any plans to travel to the southern border? President Biden, not at the moment. Another video angle shows Biden with reporters yesterday without the hand glitches. So that's the end of that article. But there are other people on the net who have been um, pointing out that Biden had like a kind of green glow around him, which is what you can get from a green screen, green screen production. And if you're not familiar with the term green screen, it's where you film against a green background and then you you can replace the background with a different image so people can look like they're in a particular place when actually they're not um but the other thing is people were saying that when you looked at the top of his head it, there was kind of this shimmer as if it wasn't you know it was cgi so there's lots out there to suggest that you know this whole biden thing is a staged event and we've talked about you know, we're watching a movie or even a pantomime. It's certainly the theatre of the absurd. There's no doubt about that. So that was interesting this week. And as I said a few minutes ago, it's like more and more of this is being put in front of the people. It's like the the pace at which this administration is being exposed and ridiculed is picking up tremendously. And of course, there are so many... Uh, mentions in Q posts about March Madness. Well, we're certainly seeing a lot of that. Another example of the farcical nature of Biden's administration and his supposed role as president. Another gaffe, Biden calls his second-in-command President Harris, and this is from foxnews.com. President Biden misspoke in a speech Thursday offering updates on an update on vaccination progress in the US, referring to his vice president as President Harris. When President Harris and I took, Biden said, before momentarily pausing a virtual tour of a vaccination site in Arizona not long ago, one of the nurses on that tour injecting people, giving vax each shot, was like administering a dose of hope. Now, I thought it was interesting that he paused but didn't correct himself. Anyway, continuing, at the same time, the president announced the administration would achieve its goal of 100 million vaccines administered in 100 days on Friday, the 58th day of the new administration. At this point, Biden said 65% of people aged 65 and older have received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. I'm going to actually cover something on the vaccine a little later. The president has made such gaffes before. In December, he mistakenly referred to Harris as president-elect, also during a speech on COVID-19 vaccines. I took it to instill public confidence in the vaccine. President-elect Harris took hers today for the same reason, Biden said. The comments ignited speculation of cognitive decline from the right following a campaign where Biden repeatedly appeared tongue-tied. Harris, too, once accidentally dubbed herself Commander-in-Chief. A Harris admi administration, together with Joe Biden as the President of the United States, she said at a virtual roundtable in September. The Biden-Harris administration will provide access to $100 billion in low-interest loans and investments from minority business owners, she continued. In a Democratic debate in July 2019, Biden called his opponent, Senator Cory Booker, Democrat, New Jersey, the president. While criticising Booker's criminal justice plan, he said, the fact is that the bills that the president, excuse me, the future president, that the senator is talking about are bills that were passed years ago and they were passed overwhelmingly. Booker quipped, well, first of all, I'm grateful that he endorsed my presidency already. So now moving on to this border crisis and <clears throat> Jen Psaki actually slipped up and admitted it was a crisis and then tried to backtrack. As I said at the beginning of the show, they've been changing the narrative, they're using different language, um, no more about kids in cages and about, um, 
you know, the facilities are now migrant facilities and the number of kids that have come across the border unaccompanied has just absolutely maxed out, if not over overflowed the facilities available. Now, this is an article from Resist the Mainstream. Watch a 2019 Biden comment about illegal immigrants resurfaces amid border crisis. President Joe Biden is facing renewed criticism over past remarks that he made while on the campaign trail about immigration-related issues on the southern border. The remarks, which come from a September 2019 Democratic presidential debate, recirculated online as Biden deals with a crisis that has unfolded under his leadership on the southern border. When asked by host Georges Ramos about deportations that happened during the Obama era and why Latinos should trust Biden, Biden responded, what Latinos should look at is comparing this president to the president we have is outrageous, number one. Well, that sentence didn't really make sense, did it? Anyway, carrying on. We didn't lock people up in cages, Biden claimed. We didn't separate families. We didn't do all of those things, number one. As USA Today noted in an August 2020 fact check, the Obama administration approved and built the so-called cages designed to temporarily hold migrant minors. A few moments later, Biden stated, what I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border, all those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We are a nation who says, if you want to flee and you're freeing oppression, you should come. And it's actually showing the video, which is in a Tom Elliott tweet. A flashback in the first Democratic primary debate, Biden says when he's president, illegal immigrants should immediately surge to the border. Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi and Julian Castro, have made claims that Biden is not responsible for the border crisis because he was left with an unstable immigration system and that he is only handling problems left by the previous administration. Many, however, believe that Biden's open border policies are what caused countless migrants to approach the borders with hopes of crossing into the US. Fairly obvious, really. When asked about the correlation of a massive surge in illegal migration with the exit of President Donald Trump and the inauguration of open borders advocate Joe Biden, Biden administration coordinator for the southwestern border on the National Security Council, Roberta Jacobson, admitted that the two events were related. Well, first of all, one of the things I think is important is we've seen surges before. Surges tend to respond to hope and there was a significant hope for a more humane policy after four years of, you know, pent up demand, Jacobson said. So I don't know whether I would call that a coincidence, but I certainly think the idea that a more humane policy would be in place may have driven people to make that decision. And again, a tweet from John Cooper with a video uh, watch NSC official Roberta Jackson just inadvertently admitted that Joe Biden's immigration agenda is driving the border crisis. So it's pretty obvious to anybody with an, a modicum of common sense that this um, policy that Biden has introduced on doing all of the things that Trump put in place, like um, stopping the deportations and oh, everything else and stopping the wall being built, of course, um, if you don't think that's responsible, then I think you need to have a brain check. <laughs> and then on the same subject, Breitbart.com has an article, Biden should be ashamed. GOP says border crisis feeding child sex trafficking. The migrant surge is boosting the smuggling of children for forced labour and sexual exploitation, converting the border into a huge market for child sex trafficking, Representative Maria Salazar, Republican Florida, said this week. Human trafficking, my friends, is slavery. Representative Burgess Owens, Utah, pointed out as he briefed reporters Wednesday alongside Salazar and other Republicans. He went on to note, 30% of the women and girls coming through this migration process are going to be raped. We can't stand by and let that happen. 
We have boys and girls as young as six or seven years old being pushed into sex trafficking, he added. Some parents put their child on the migration pathway to the US southern border process with false hope who never hear from their child again because that child will die, Owens also said. President Biden should be ashamed of himself. Ashamed. This was preventable, Owens pointed out, adding there are people suffering, going through misery because they were given false hope. Salazar reiterated comments she made when she visited Texas Monday, noting that Biden's policies fuel the ongoing crisis at the southern border. She claimed they put the lives of migrants, including unaccompanied children, at risk during the harrowing trip and they encouraged sex trafficking. Addressing the US Latino community, Salazar said in Spanish, Unfortunately, once again, we have a crisis at the border. Our Hispanic community is being used on the one hand by human traffickers, drug cartels and coyotes who create false hope for immigrants who want to reach the United States. On the other hand, we have the Washington politicians who play with our community's hopes to stay in power and win votes. Referring to her recent visit to Texas, the congresswoman added in Spanish, we saw the crisis with our own eyes. Coyote scoundrels who are peddling the delusion of obtaining an easy political asylum, claiming President Biden has opened the border for everyone who wants to enter. Meanwhile, our children are being trafficked, our girls are being raped, and when I say trafficked, I mean into forced labour and sexual exploitation. It's a very harsh phrase, but that is what's happening. Child sex trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in the world and unfortunately it has a huge market on the border of the United States and Mexico. Her colleagues agreed the Biden border policies have made it easier and more profitable for human traffickers, many linked to drug cartels, to operate. We are in essence funding sex trafficking, Representative Diaz-Balart proclaimed, adding... This is a humanitarian crisis. We are talking about thousands of girls who are being raped in the course of trying to reach the southern border. We are talking about the fact that now the United States, by this policy and rhetoric of President Biden's administration, is financing the coyotes and the human trafficking cartels on the southern border of the United States. Biden has lost control of the border, Senator Graham pointed out. Representative Jimenez, I think that's how you pronounce it, probably wrong, but anyway, called on Biden to secure the southern international boundary by reinstituting at least some of the border measures implemented by the Trump administration. Not everything that was put in by the previous administration needs to be dismantled. Those policies were working, the border was under control and we could handle the situation. We need to get back to that and do better, he said. During the briefing Tuesday focused on the border crossing surge, Salazar promoted an amnesty plan for illegal aliens living in the United States as border crossings skyrocket at the US-Mexico border. We don't want any more false promises, false hopes, Salazar said. We want for those 11 million undocumented who are here in the country to be treated with dignity. Well, I can't say I agree with that last statement about giving amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants, having personally had to jump through hoops to legally stay in the USA. Another thing that happened this week that I briefly want to touch on um, is this shooting at a massage parlour in Atlanta. And many of us are thinking that this was a false flag, that perhaps it was an MK Ultra mind control person who uh, did this shooting because it very much supports the um, Democrat position on the Second Amendment, which is gun control, of course. And we know it's happened many times that, you know, conveniently a shooting occurs that really supports the agenda that they're trying to promote, that we must seize everybody's guns. So they're trying also to put out a story that this was racially motivated against Asian Americans because of Trump blaming China on the coronavirus. I mean, that's, again, a ridiculous statement because the perpetrator said that he was a sex addict and he um, 
he shut up the massage parlour because it was an enabler of his addiction. So that's kind of knocked that narrative on the head. But uh, I think we need to be aware that they they will use any means necessary to push their agenda for gun control. And that's not to say that a false flag doesn't actually have real victims, although we have seen many instances of crisis actors appearing in the same um, mass shooting incident. But um, I don't know if that's the case in this incident, but people do get hurt, but it's all done deliberately um, to further their very evil agenda. Anybody that can actually do that to people just for their own political outcomes really needs to face justice now the next topic i want to cover is the one of the vaccine because there's a huge amount of misinformation out there about the nature of this and also the way that people are being pressured into taking the vaccine and many of us have been concerned about trump's apparent pushing of the vaccine and this week he was uh, supposedly he was on an interview with Maria Bartiroma on Fox News um, in response to Fauci actually pleading with Trump to encourage his supporters to have the vaccine and you know some people have commented about how convenient it was that Trump should go on the show and do exactly that literally almost word for word and uh, ghost ezra on telegram i think it was was actually questioning was that really trump or did they have somebody impersonating trump to push the vaccine but we have supposedly seen trump if it's if it was the real trump pushing vaccines which has really confused a lot of people and I'm not sure myself what's going on here. He uses the euphemism of the vaccine being arrests and things against the virus, which is the deep state and the Luciferians and everything else. But um, he did say that people have a choice. So he wasn't certainly wasn't promoting uh, mandatory vaccinations. But we are seeing a lot of adverse reactions to the different vaccines. And there are multiple countries, particularly in Europe, who have stopped the vaccinations because of um, blood clotting issues, which, of course, is one of the symptoms of a severe COVID-19 response um, or infection, I should say. So I want to share with you this analysis by Dr. McCola, and it's a uh, com, and he's really putting the science out to say what exactly these so-called vaccines are the title is covid19 vaccines are gene therapy and this is this was put out on march 16th and <clears throat> he does a summary at the top but i'm going to just read the article it is quite long but i think it's really important for people to understand what we're dealing with here as calls for mandatory COVID-19 vaccination grow around the world, it's becoming ever more crucial to understand what these injections actually are. The mRNA vaccines created by Moderna and Pfizer are in fact gene therapies. And he repeatedly puts the word vaccines in quotes, in, order, in other words, to identify that they aren't really vaccines. Interestingly enough, Mainstream media, fact-checkers and various industry front groups insist the gene therapy claim is bogus, even though every single detail about the vaccine shouts otherwise. Why are they spreading this disinformation? Why do they not want you to know what these injections actually are? mRNA vaccines fulfil none of the criteria for a vaccine. To start, let's take a look at some basic definitions of words. According to the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a vaccine is a product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease. Immunity, in turn, is defined as protection from an infectious disease, meaning that if you are immune to a disease, you can be exposed to it without becoming infected. 
That's the medical definition. The legal definition, in the few cases where it has been detailed, is equally unequivocal. Iowa Code. Vaccine means a specially prepared antigen administered to a person for the purpose of providing immunity. Washington State Code. Vaccine means a preparation of a killed or attenuated living microorganism or fraction thereof. The statute also specifies that a vaccine upon immunisation stimulates immunity that protects us against disease. These definitions, both medical and legal, present problems for the mRNA vaccines since mRNA injections do not impart immunity. Moderna and Pfizer both admit that their clinical trials aren't even looking at immunity. As such, they do not fulfil the medical and or legal definition of a vaccine. They do not inhibit transmissibility of SARS-CoV-2 infection. As such, they do not fulfil the medical and or legal definition of a vaccine. Dictionaries attempt to rewrite medical terms. We should not be fooled by attempts to condition the public to accept redefined terms. As of February 2019, Merriam-Webster defined vaccine as a preparation of killed microorganisms, living attenuated organisms or living fully virulent organisms that is administered to produce or artificially increase immunity to a particular disease. By February 26, 2021, they had updated the definition of a vaccine to a preparation that is administered, as by injection, to stimulate the body's immune response against a specific infectious disease. A. An antigenic preparation of a typically inactivated or attenuated pathogenic agent, such as a bacterium or virus, or one of its components or products, such as a protein or toxin, and b, a preparation of genetic material, such as a strand of synthesized messenger RNA, that is used by the cells of the body to produce an antigenic substance, such as a, a fragment of virus spike protein. Let's be clear, Merriam-Webster does not dictate medical terminology. It can be used, however, to confuse people. For now, all medical dictionaries still show the traditional definition of vaccine, as Merriam-Webster did up until this year. That said, I would not be surprised if changes are made there as well, eventually, if the misrepresentation of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines is allowed to stand. mRNA therapy doesn't satisfy public health measure directive. There's also the issue of whether a gene therapy can be mandated, and this may hinge on it being accepted as a vaccine. The 1905 Supreme Court ruling in Jacobson versus Massachusetts essentially established that collective benefit supersedes individual benefit. Since mRNA therapies do not render the immunised person immune, and do not inhibit transmission of the virus, they cannot qualify as a public health measure capable of providing collective benefit that supersedes individual risk and therefore cannot be mandated. Put another way, the ruling argues, although legal experts diverge on some of the finer details of its interpretation, that it's acceptable for some individuals to be harmed by a public health directive as long as it benefits the collective. However, if vaccination is a public health measure meant to protect and benefit the collective, then it would need to accomplish two things. One, ensure that the vaccinated person is rendered immune from the disease. Two, inhibit transmission of the disease from the vaccinated person to other individuals. We're now back to the original problem that mRNA therapies for COVID-19 do not accomplish either of these things. Since these gene therapies do not render the person immune and do not inhibit transmission of the virus, they cannot qualify as a public health measure capable of providing collective benefit that supersedes individual risk. On the contrary, the only one benefiting from an mRNA vaccine is the individual receiving the gene therapy since all they are designed to do is lessen clinical symptoms associated with the S1 spike protein. 
In other words, they won't keep you from getting sick with SARS-CoV-2. They are only supposed to lessen your infection system symptoms if or when you do get infected. So, getting vaccinated protects no one but yourself. Since you're the only one who will reap a benefit, less severe COVID-19 symptoms upon infection, the justification to accept the risks of the therapy for the greater good of your community is blatantly irrational. Marketing mRNA therapy as vaccine violates federal law. Since mRNA vaccines do not meet the medical and or legal definition of a vaccine, referring to them as vaccines and marketing them as such is a deceptive practice that violates 15 U.S. Code Section 41 of the Federal Trade Commission Act, the law that governs advertising of medical practices. The lack of completed human trials also puts these mRNA products at odds with 15 U.S. Code Section U.S. Code Section 41. Per this law, it is unlawful to advertise that a product or service can prevent, treat or cure human disease unless you possess competent and reliable scientific evidence, including, when appropriate, well-controlled human clinical studies, substantiating that the claims are true at the time they are made. Here's the problem. The primary endpoint in the COVID-19 vaccine trials is not an actual vaccine trial endpoint because, again, vaccine trial endpoints have to do with immunity and transmission reduction. Neither of those was measured. What's more, key secondary endpoints in Moderna's trial include prevention of severe COVID-19 disease, defined as need for hospitalisation, and prevention of infection by SARS-CoV-2, regardless of symptoms. However, Moderna did not actually measure rate of infection, stating that it was too impractical to do so. This means there's no evidence of this gene therapy having an impact, having an impact on infection, for better or worse. And if you have no evidence, you cannot fulfil the US code requirement that states you must have competent and reliable scientific evidence substantiating that the claims are true. Making matters worse, both Pfizer and Moderna are now eliminating their control groups by offering the real vaccine to any and all placebo recipients who want it. The studies are supposed to go on for a full two years, but by eliminating the control group, determining effectiveness and risks is going to be near impossible. What makes COVID vaccines gene therapy? All right, let's move on to the definition of gene therapy. As detailed on medlineplus.gov's What is Gene Therapy page, gene therapy is an experimental technique that uses genes to treat or prevent disease. Researchers are testing several approaches to gene therapy, including introducing a new gene into the body to help fight a disease. Although gene therapy is a promising treatment option for a number of diseases, including inherited disorders, some types of cancer and certain viral infections, the technique remains risky and is still under study to make sure that it will be safe and effective. Gene therapy is currently being tested only for diseases that have no other cures. Here it's worth noting that there are many different treatments that have been shown to be very effective against COVID-19. So it certainly does not qualify as a disease that has no cure. It makes sense that gene therapy should be restricted to incurable diseases, as this is the only time that taking drastic risks might be warranted. That said... Here's how the U.S. Food and Drug Administration defines gene therapy. Human gene therapy seeks to modify or manipulate the expression of a gene or to alter the biological properties of living cells for therapeutic use. Gene therapy is a technique that modifies a person's genes to treat or cure disease. Gene therapies can work by several mechanisms. Replacing a disease-causing gene with a healthy copy of the gene, inactivating a disease-causing gene that is not functioning properly, introducing a new or modified gene into the body to help treat a disease. November 17, 2020, the American Society of Gene Plus Cell Therapy, ASGCT, announced COVID-19 vaccine candidates showed gene therapy is a viable strategy 
noting that two COVID-19 vaccine trials, both of which use messenger RNA or mRNA technology to teach the body to fight the virus, have reported efficacy over 90%. These findings announced by Moderna on November 16th and by Pfizer and its partner BioNTech on November 9th demonstrate that gene therapy is a viable strategy for developing vaccines to combat COVID-19. Both vaccine candidates use mRNA to program a person's cells to produce many copies of a fragment of the virus. The fragment then stimulates the immune system to attack if the real virus tries to invade the body. mRNA deliver new genetic instructions. And there's actually a video um, about this from the American Society of Gene and Cell Therapy. Um, the article goes on, as explained in the ASGCT's video above, mRNA are molecules that contain genetic instructions for making various proteins. mRNA vaccines deliver a synthetic version of mRNA into your cells that carry the instruction to produce the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, the antigen that then activates your immune system to produce antibodies. Then there's Moderna's trial website, where they describe their technology thus. Typical vaccines for viruses are made from a weakened or inactive virus, but mRNA-1273 is not made from the SARS-CoV-2 virus. It is made from messenger ribonucleic acid, mRNA, a genetic code that tells cells how to make protein, which help the body's immune system make antibodies to fight the virus. November 18, 2020, Wired magazine made a big deal about COVID-19 vaccines being genetic vaccines, noting the active ingredient inside their shot is mRNA, mobile strings of genetic code that contain the blueprints for proteins. Cells use mRNA to get those specs out of hard DNA storage and into their protein-making factories. The mRNA inside Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccine directs any cells it reaches to run a coronavirus spike-building program. Importantly, as reported by David Martin, PhD, Moderna describes its product not as a vaccine but as gene therapy technology in SEC filings. This is because neither Moderna nor Pfizer make any claims about their products creating immunity or preventing transmission. Additionally, Moderna's SEC filings specifically state that currently mRNA is considered a gene therapy product by the FDA as well. mRNA is proven form of gene therapy, that's in quotes. In a February 2021 article, MIT Technology Review reviewed the history of mRNA technology in general and Moderna's in particular, stating vaccines were not their focus. At the company's founding in 2010, its leaders imagined they might be able to use RNA to replace the injected proteins that make up most of the biotech pharmacopoeia, essentially producing drugs inside the patient's own cells from an RNA blueprint. We were asking, could we turn a human into a bioreactor, says Nubar Afayan, the company's co-founder. Bloomberg in August 2020 reported that the Moderna vaccine would seek to transform your body into a vaccine-making machine. The New York Times is more to the point. In May 2020, they reported that researchers at two Harvard-affiliated hospitals are adapting a, pro a proven form of gene therapy to develop a coronavirus vaccine. Read it again, a proven form of gene therapy. So to summarise, the definition of genetic is something related to genes, and the definition of therapy is the medical treatment of a disease. The definition of gene therapy is the process of modifying or manipulating the expression of a gene or altering the biological properties of living cells. mRNA are snippets of genetic code that instructs cells to produce proteins. mRNA COVID-19 therapies deliver genetic instructions into your cells, thereby triggering your body to produce a fragment of the virus, the spike protein. So mRNA vaccines are gene therapy. There's simply no way around this. They fulfill all the definitions of gene therapy and none of the definitions for a vaccine. 
defining COVID-19. There's yet one more potential problem with the COVID-19 vaccine narrative as a whole, which Martin unpacked in a January 25th, 2021 interview on the Wise Traditions podcast above. In it, he explains, COVID-19 is not a disease. It is a series of clinical symptoms. It is a giant umbrella of things associated with what used to be associated with influenza and with other febrile diseases. The problem that we have is that in February 2020, the, well, the World Health Organization was clear in stating that there should not be a conflation between SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. One is a virus in their definition and one is a set of clinical symptoms. The illusion in February was that SARS-CoV-2 caused COVID-19. The problem with that definition and with the expectation is that the majority of people who test positive using the RT-PCR method for testing for fragments of what is associated with SARS-CoV-2 are not ill at all. The illusion that the virus causes a disease fell apart. That's the reason why they invented the term asymptomatic carrier. In short, SARS-CoV-2 has yet to be definitely proven to be the actual cause of COVID-19. So, a gene therapy that instructs your body to produce a SARS-CoV-2 antigen, the viral spike protein, cannot even be touted as a preventative against COVID-19, as the two have not been shown to be causally linked. They have been willfully lying since the inception of this, Martin says in the interview. There is not a causal link between these things. It has never even been close to established. We have a situation where the illusion of the problem is that people say, I don't want to get COVID-19. What they mean is that they don't want to get infected with a virus. The problem is those two things are not related to each other. A viral infection hasn't been documented in the majority of what is called cases. There is no basis for that conflation other than the manipulation of the public. That's the first half of the problem. The second half of the problem is that what is being touted as a vaccination is not a vaccine. This is gene therapy. What is this doing? It's sending a strand of synthetic RNA into the human being and is invoking within the human being the creation of the S1 spike protein, which is a pathogen. A vaccine is supposed to trigger immunity. It's not supposed to trigger you to make a toxin. It's not somewhat different. It's not the same at all. It's not a prohibiting infection. It's not a prohibiting transmission device. It's a means by which your body is conscripted to make the toxin that then allegedly your body somehow gets used to dealing with. But unlike a vaccine, which is to trigger the immune response, this is to trigger the creation of the toxin. Why the misrepresentation? As for why drug companies are misrepresenting this technology, Martin suspects it's done exclusively so they can get themselves under the umbrella of public health laws that exploit vaccination. Experimental gene therapies do not have financial liability shielding from the government, but pandemic vaccines do. Even in the experimental stage, as long as the emergency use authorization is in effect. This is indeed a major incentive to make sure this technology is perceived as a vaccine and nothing else. So by maintaining the illusion that COVID-19 is a state of emergency, when in reality it is not, government leaders are providing cover for these gene therapy companies so that, so that they are insulated from any liability. Dr. McCullough then lists a number of other articles on this subject and one of them particularly I would recommend that you read is How COVID-19 Vaccine Can Destroy Your Immune System. Uh, he goes on, the take-home message here is that these injections are not vaccines. They do not prevent infection, they do not render you immune and they do not prevent transmission of the disease. Instead, they alter your genetic coding, turning you into a viral protein factory that has no off switch. What's happening here is a medical fraud of unprecedented magnitude and it really needs to be stopped before it's too late for a majority of people. And he then goes on to give some advice of if you've already got the vaccine and if you've had side effects. Well, I will certainly not be getting the vaccine, as many, most of my friends agree on that score. Um, people are worried that it'll be made mandatory, but there's an interesting post on 
Telegram by Inevitable E.T., Nuremberg, a.k.a. post-World War II military court rulings adopted worldwide. The judgment by the War Crimes Tribunal at Nuremberg laid down 10 standards to which physicians must conform when carrying out experiments on human subjects in a new code that is now accepted worldwide. This judgment established a new standard of ethical medical behaviour for the post-World War II human rights era. Amongst other requirements, this document enunciates the requirement of voluntary informed consent of the human subject. The principle of voluntary informed consent protects the right of the individual to control his own body. And that relates to this push for everybody to take vaccines, which, as Dr. McCullough says, are not vaccines and they are experimental and also masks. Um, And he ends with, we do not consent. And... He goes on to say, any people now demanding us get vaccines or wear masks are henceforth known as Nazis. Spread the word. And furthermore, anyone attempting to mandate vaccines or masks should be held under military tribunal for war crimes. No more games. It's time to stand up. Okay, so I've run out of time, unfortunately. Um, I hope you found the information I've shared with you useful and in some cases amusing today. Um, I hope you join me for another Cosmic Creating show next week. A uh, reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net and Empowered Manifestation. And I'd like to thank Nancy for producing, as always. Be well, stay safe, be immune to the bullshit and have a great week. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.